welcome to Uphill Conversations. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host, Tim Pecoraro. Are you ready to be inspired? Welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim Pecoraro, and I'm glad you can join me as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So this is uh, another episode, and I'm so glad that uh, you're tuning in. I have a wonderful guest today, Mark Asquith, out of the UK. Uh, When we were talking, he was telling me about all the soggy weather out there with the season change. Um, But this guy is a a wonderful, wonderful man, and um, he's all about uh, setting yourself apart. He's a big fan of startups, even if they don't really want to scale. Um, he's also uh, instrumental, him and John Lee Dumas, with um, creating the podcast websites um, platform. And that is what I actually host my show on. So if you're looking to start a podcast, um, hey, you need to step on over to podcastwebsites.com. They are not paying me to say this. I'm just a very, very happy client of theirs. Um, But we also cover things like real client service, being a premium person yourself, especially if you want to do premium work. And um, he also has an agency called Hacksaw Agency. It is a premier agency uh, in the UK, and um, you might want to check that out online as well. Um, And he has a podcast called Excellence Expected, which is worth a listen to because the guy is all about excellence. Um, but also if you would stay in touch with us on Facebook, like the Facebook page, if you have questions for the free coaching, um, podcast that I'll be putting out, please send them to connect at uphillconversations.co.com. Go to iTunes, rate and review the show. Simple. Just go there and look up uphill conversations, subscribe to the show and give me a rating review. Also, you can find it on Stitcher, Stitcher stitcher.com. Without any delay, let's jump into this interview with my friend, Mark Asquith. Well, welcome to Uphill Conversations, Mark, and I'm so glad that you could uh, join us today. And uh, so uh, why don't you let the audience know how you are doing? Yeah, thanks, Timothy. I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well, thank you. I'm, I'm currently struggling with the transition from summer to winter in the UK. There seems to be no middle ground. Um, so I'm constantly on the back foot, seem to be wearing the wrong clothes every day. But other than that, life's pretty solid. Um, doing all right with the businesses, having some fun with the comics, and uh playing random guitars wherever I can. So, you know, that's you can't really complain at that, can you? No, you can't. Now, that weather, uh, I'm a big EP fan, English Premier League, so uh, or EPL, uh, and you probably don't want to know what team I support. <laughs> uh, if, 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 if it has the words Man and Chester in it, I'm probably going to leave. No, it's Arsenal. I'm an Arsenal guy. Oh, do you know, it, it, Arsenal is inevitably the other one that people support. 
I don't get that. It's like it genuinely is either Man United or it's uh, or it's Arsenal. How weird is that? I don't know. I, maybe it's the name Arsenal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could be. Yeah, yeah. So not you know. Anyway, I, I love them, and I, I did see them. I was it. They handled Chelsea the other day, didn't they? They really, really destroyed them, didn't they? Put them, uh, gave them a real schooling, which I think was good though, because I think uh, I think Arsene Wenger's been coming under a little bit of pressure recently, right? And uh, it was nice to see that so early on in the season. I think it's it's, it's been a it's been something to bolster them. And then I think when you had Man United smashing Leicester as well, um, <laughs> yeah. it made for an interesting weekend. Right, right. Well, um, you you said you 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 messed around with the guitar, eh? Yeah, not so much anymore, but. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm actually a bass player by trade, very loosely by trade. Um, but I play a bit of rhythm and, and, and do a bit of songwriting, and just it's kind of my uh, my escape. There's a guitar on my wall in my studio at home, and uh, anytime I need need five or ten minutes, I'll I'll just pull it down off the wall and off you go, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I guess it's my my escape sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm a guitar player as well. I play a lot of instruments, but that's my main one. I'll I'll, I'll email you some of my. Uh, music, you know, I've got some stuff up that I've recorded over the years, and uh, I'm a. Uh, we'll have to talk guitar shop, and I'll tell you about all the little guitars that I have, which drives my uh, my wife crazy because uh, she <laughs> thinks she doesn't understand why I need so many, but I just tell her I just do. So <laughs> I just do is the best possible answer you can give to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, hey, you know, uh, one of the big reasons, uh, as we kind of had some pre-chatter here um, before we got started, um, you're, you're a very helpful person. And, um, and especially my introduction to you came through the podcast websites, which obviously that's where um, I'm hosting my content. And um, I just thought it was a, a brilliant solution. Um and what you and John uh, Lee Dumas, I believe, was one of the guys working with you. I, I, I listened to the two of you, and I was one of the first ones, the early adopter, to jump in on your offering. And uh, and I think what impressed me was I had to uh, obviously figure a few things out. And but you set up that uh, call. You know, you said, "Hey, you know, let's do a complimentary. Let's you know touch base. I want to know what you're doing." And I thought that was a bit unusual because I'm not used to. Uh, running into people that are that helpful, uh, after they cash your check. Um, <laughs> and you know what I mean? Or get you set up on that recurring payment system. Um, and it, it wasn't a robot. Your support's not robotic at all. Um, it's real people and, and that's quite impressive. And it's, uh, it's something that's missing today for, or from, uh, I think the world of, of people who say that they want to be helpful and they really want to see people get to another level. So, I mean, big applause there to you. Um, and, and I know that's a part of who you are and your makeup. So, uh, thank you so much for, uh, being, being you. No, thank you for the, for the kind words. It's, it's, to me, it's kind of a no brainer, you know, it's, it's from, from the perspective of, of, of someone that provides what is effectively a software platform, you know, it's much more than that in terms of the education and, you know, it's as much content as is software. Um, and especially a, a piece of software that runs on top of open source. So it runs on top of WordPress. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy to forget what you're actually trying to achieve with the business, which is to help people continue to put their content out there. It's not about, you know, getting them in and leaving them stranded. Um, you know, because ultimately 
from a from your perspective, you know, you you want to you want to move from creating this content to actually growing the content and and doing whatever you want to achieve with it. You know, it's not just getting you started with the platform is is, is ridiculous and pointless. And um, you know, it, and it being completely frank, it makes really great business sense because the more successful you are, um, the longer you work with us, and that's what we're about. We we, we regularly turn podcasters away because we're not interested in those that want something that's cheap and quick and that wants something that is, um, you know, when they're trying to compare apples for apples, you know, they're trying to compare Libsyn's media hosting with us and, and all they look at is the cost and you say, well, actually maybe you've got this all wrong. If you want some, if you do want something cheap and cheerful, you know, there are the options. If you actually want to do this properly and you want to grow this thing and you want to invest in yourself, um, the software is just one part of it. It is the personality, it's the support, and it's the it's it's the conversations that really actually help these things grow. So, I'm glad it's noticed. I'm glad it's noticed because it's something that we do put a lot of effort into, and we're we're always releasing things like we just released this new academy study hall that we do every week. We've got the, the monthly academy sessions that we run. Um, so it means a lot to us to to keep doing that for people. Right. Well, and I think it's that ten times rule and. Like what you said, a lot of people go for that bargain, you know, and they're, they're trying to find a deal. And I like how you tie that to investing in themselves. Then that means you're a bargain. You know, if you're always looking for a shortcut, you're treating yourself like a bargain. There's no value to you. And I believe investing in that platform, you demonstrated by just that monthly fee, the service, the support, even your academy that you're putting out there. That's that 10 times rule. It's amazing to me that, like I said, I am completely surprised with the amount of support availability uh, and just conversation around not just your product or your platform, but helping me to be better. And so with making that statement about investment and, and, uh, uh, and what, you know, and, and actually not treating yourself like a bargain, because I don't view myself as a bargain and you don't view what you're doing as a bargain. It's really, this is worth something. It's actually worth more than you charge and please don't raise my rate, but, (laughs) (laughs) but what broke you away? What bumped you from the masses of thinking that way? There's such a big population of people that don't understand that you can be premium and you can be 10 times that value and add value to somebody's life. And basically it's an education for someone in investing in themselves. What broke you? What, what changed in you? Or were you always that way? What bumped you from the masses of everybody just trying to turn a buck and just do the least and hope for the best? Well, there's a couple of things really. So I, I come from the service world. You know, I, I run an agency called Hacksaw, which um, I still still run today with with some good friends of mine. And you know, we we work on on big brand work. You know, we work on Adobe and we work on Art Directors Club in New York, and that's all very service led stuff. So you can't avoid being premium. You have to be premium with that. And what tends to happen is, you know, if you think about anything like Dropbox or, I don't know, Grubhub or, you know, anything that that, that relies on software, you know, the, the classic software as a service model, um, Grubhub's a terrible example because that's a marketplace. But the idea is still the same insofar as you buy a product and you expect a transaction and you expect, you know, a reasonable level of service. Um, there are a couple of things that generally sprung to mind when, when we first created podcast websites and we were we were thinking to ourselves okay actually is there an audience for this and and you know tim you jumped on back in february 15 when we were just running literally opening the beta we didn't you know we didn't even have the platform then we were testing it um at that point it was a case of well 
actually, how can we how can we take this service led approach and apply it to a product? So what does that mean? And actually, all it means is really good communications. That's the only thing it means. And actually, I suppose one other thing it means is is forward thinking and adding value where people don't expect the value. So you always need to pleasantly surprise people. So that that is a that is something that we looked at. But then the other side of it, if you think about it, we always set out to be premium. And you know, even in our version one, which we're just phasing out now, um, we're rolling out version two. I still didn't believe that version one was premium enough. I, I, I didn't feel premium enough because we didn't know what people wanted yet. We didn't know what people valued. We didn't know what software and what, what actual technical things people needed. But what we did know is that they needed help and they needed a personal touch. And if you think about anything premium, you think about you pay for a butler, you pay for a housekeeper, you pay for VIP service at a restaurant, you pay for an Uber because that is at the end of the day, it's a, it's a premium taxi, it's a premium cab. If you think about any of these premium services, the only thing that makes them pre, uh, more premium is the experience. You just get a better experience. And right, completely central to that experience is the person that you deal with and the people that communicate with you. Um, so if your software, as I saw it, you know, version one was was still very much a test version and, and, and was something that we needed to build upon. But the one thing that we could do from day one was just be blindingly good at helping people. And, you know, then people understand what the value is in that. Uh, and that's, that's, that's why we set out to do that. You know, it was, it was something that was a very conscious decision. Um, and both John and I are big fans of the kind of startup vision, the startup idea, you know, and doing things um, that don't scale. You know, this idea that with a very low number of users, you can do things that don't scale. So you can do the one-to-ones. You can figure out what people want. You can get to know, you know, I know you, I know Rusty, I know Cam, I know, you know, Guthrie, I know every single one of the members. And that's not easy. We've, you know, we've got about 420 members now, which um, after 18 months is pretty good. But I know every single one of them. And it, it, it was just a very conscious decision that if you if you pay for something that you believe is premium, Generally, the only thing that makes it premium is the experience. And, and as I say, central to that uh, is the people, without a doubt. That's a great answer. And I really appreciate that because I do meet a lot of folks. Um, obviously, that was, you know, I like how you mix the two. I mean, you're dealing with the mindset of it. You talked about the experience, the value, and, and you gave a great explanation of of premium. Um and, but I, I work with a lot of people. I have a coaching practice as well that I'm, I've been growing. I've been shifting out of my marketing world, uh, where I got tired of just, uh, making strategies and plans for folks. And then having my fulfillment group, I have another company that creates everything. And, um, but then you give someone a plan and, uh, the people just, uh, just don't really, uh, work the plan the way they're supposed to. And, um, so I, I really work with more executive coaching, um, working with their leaders, making their managers into leader managers, things like that. Um, but I'm also working with a lot of, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. Like that's something I picked up with Bob Berg on your go-giver chat that you had with him. And, uh, oh, Bob's the man. He's yeah, such a good guy. He is great. I would love to get him on my show. So if you could help me out, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, let me know. I'll, I'll just let me know after the show. Drop me an email. Okay. Me. All right. Well, you know, under, under that, I love what you said. It was a conscientious, conscientious decision, um, to think of the experience, to think of the value. But do you think there's a gap with how people view themselves though, that, you know, we hear of imposter syndrome, we hear of, I'm not good enough. 
I do believe you recently wrote a, a blog um, uh, I looked at uh, that was basically you were uh, discussing about what I want to do with my life, you know, and I don't know. And uh, it was we, we, you were having a chat with a friend after a couple of whiskeys. <laughs> yeah, it might have been more than a couple. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> but but that gap between that experience, the value. So it's conscientious, right? So you have to be conscious of that. It's got to be a mindset. You have to be that has to be in your awareness is there a big gap, do you think, with people who are trying to do things, um, who are trying to uh, 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 to even imagine that what they have, people want? Do you think there's a struggle for them to view themselves as as a premium person that can offer a premium service? Without any shadow of a doubt, and I I I, I struggle with the same thing. I'm I'm literally as I'm as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at the the last thing I was working on, which was. I'm launching a, a a very personal podcast coaching service. I'm, it's it's going to be a um, a ten person cohort running maybe three times a year. You know, very limited, very highly personal. And even though I've been doing this now for a long time, and I run a podcasting business that has got hundreds of podcasters, I'm writing this, putting the price on it, getting the marketing ready for it. Still thinking to myself, why the hell would anyone want this from me? Honestly, and I still every single day struggle with that. And I know so many people do, but the funny thing is you, you always know one much more than you think. And number two, you always, and I talk about this, I I talk about this when I'm doing sort of speaking events. It's one of the big things that I focus on is that the only, the only USP that you've got, if you were to hire a marketing consultant and, and you know, you, you have been through this yourself and I've been through it in, in my capacity as a marketer, you try and carve out this USP. You try and carve out the carve out this unique selling proposition, these differentiators, um, and, and invariably you hinge on something like price, or you hinge on something like professionalism, or quality of service, quality of product, or you end up with something like your awards. You know, basically you try and carve out these tangibles that people will see as being USPs. But everyone else could cite the same thing. And the only specific thing genuinely that you have that's any better or any different to any other person in any industry is yourself. You you are the only person that is like you and has got your own mix of expertise and your own mix of opinions, your own little cocktail of life expertise and experience and desires and dreams and visions. You know, you're the only person that's got that unique version of that. And if you put that together with this idea that you always know much more than you think, you know, there's always someone better than you and there's always so many more people that don't know yet what you know. So it's not about being everything to everyone. It's about just picking the people that you know you can help and having the confidence to just say, well, look, here are some very specific things that I know I can do. And there's, there's, I always talk about this from a marketing perspective. I always talk about this from sort of a personal brand perspective. When I talk to execs and I talk to C-suites, I talk to so many people and they say, well, I need to do personal branding. I want to do some content marketing, but I've got nothing to say. And I say, well, that's impossible because yeah. how do you possibly write a proposal to get in a new business? How do you pitch? <laughs> yeah. How do you walk into a meeting if you've got nothing to say? It's actually about understanding how to package up what you already have. And it's that awareness that people really, really struggle with. And that, you hit the nail on the head, Tim, that, that was the crux of the um, of the blog post, which was, I think it was called Become What You Want to Be Without Knowing What You Want to Do. It was this idea of this self-awareness and understanding that you're not, you will never end up where you want to be because 
having this entrepreneurial spirit, having this entrepreneurial mindset, by virtue of having that, you will always, always, always keep moving forward. So it's just about figuring out the steps that you need to take. You know, you don't have to be the best today at something, but you can be better than someone else and you can pass that knowledge back down. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think there's a massive self-awareness problem with 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 anyone who is either wanting to start something or is in the first 18 months to two years of having done something, you know, and you tend to find there's a huge portion of people that are doing something, but are not getting the results they want. And usually it's this mindset. It really is. Right. I feel like people spend a lot of time on comparison, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you always hear the thing about success. What does it look like? You know, what's it look like for you? And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're, when you look at yourself, you know, I mean, I do this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all of five, 10 barely. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, but I tell people I'm bigger than my body, like the John Mayer song, you know, uh, there's, well, some, you've got to talk about John Mayer as well at some point then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's something so much more to me. And I like to let people know that when I walk into a room, I feel like I'm what's missing and necessary. And I don't say that in an arrogant way. I say that I belong there. I have every right to be there like you know, as anyone else. But I love what you said about it's how you it's packaging those things up. It's kind of like you pack it up, you present it, and when you present it, you're unpacking it. And what's nice, it's the things that you carry. And what are you adding to that bag? And what do you what are you carrying now for this next step or this next place in your life? I feel like too many people are it's kind of like the hassle you have when you're standing in your closet closet wondering what to wear. Well, they struggle with wondering what to say, wondering what to do. And it, it's a it's a big struggle that they have. And uh, and they, you know, you know how we tend to hoard clothes. We keep clothes. People do that. You know, they can, they, some people still have jackets from when they were in high school, you know, <laughs> and yeah. I, need, I, do, I do need to get rid of those actually say again, <laughs> do need to get rid of those. Yeah, you need to, but you know, it's just getting, it's understanding that it's okay to go in there and say, you know what, this is still part of me though. Some things I need to get rid of, but I don't need to be standing there paralyzed, looking at a bunch of things, trying to figure out what I need and what I don't need. I don't think, well, instead of me saying what I think, let me ask you this. Do you feel like people miss the occasion of the day in the moment because they're thinking about too much from the past and too much that may, be, may or may not be coming? Do you think that is something that paralyzes people? Overthinking everything instead of just saying, this is this moment, what can I pack and prepare so that I can unpack it for who I'm presenting to or who I'm trying to get in front of? Oh, oh, completely. I, um, and I'm like that. Like I forget, um, <laughs> I sort of forget what I've got. I, I do. St- I'm, I'm, I'm completely like this. I, I struggle to live in the moment, you know, and I, you know, you talk about this abundance and you talk about this life of abundance and this life of scarcity. I, I am, my natural default state is to look at what I've not done and what I've not got. That is just my default state. Um, and I have to work really hard to get over that. I don't mind saying that, you know, that is a really, really difficult thing for me to do. Um, and I, that, that's where this kind of framing has helped me, this reframing of myself and this reframing of, of the world around me where, where you, you, you do start to understand what you can contribute and that it doesn't matter about what other people are doing. We live in this world where you look at highlight reels on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter of how quote unquote well everyone else is doing. And 
it's a really dangerous position to find yourself in when you just you believe that everyone else is doing so much more or so much better than you are because I guarantee you they're not you know the person that you talk to who you believe is doing so much better I, I can almost guarantee you they will be looking at you and thinking exactly the same thing um, and it is just about that belief it's about transporting yourself from this idea of um, I'm not good enough because I'm still growing up or I'm trying to get there or I'm still learning. Yeah, of course you're still learning. You know, the best, the best of us will always be learning. Um, and it's just about making sure it's like, it's the classic Kevin, uh, I think it's Kevin Spacey. You know, when you've tasted success and you've got to the top, it's our, it's our duty and responsibility to pass, uh, sorry, send the elevator back down. Um, and you, you can apply that to, to anything. If you want to create a coaching business, you want to create a service business or a product business, help the people who, who look up to you. Um, and believe me, there will be people that do look up to you. No question. That's a, that leads me into, uh, this here about, you know, making a leap into something new or different and knowing that mindset plays a big part in it and what you have to offer. Um, what are some of the biggest hindrances that you encounter working with other people, like in their personal growth and in their, you know, entrepreneurial, uh, aspirations? You know, what, what, what are some of the hind the biggest hindrances that you're encountering? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's always something around that. It's always something. Well, actually there are two things. The first one is that belief, genuinely the belief that they can't do it and that they shouldn't be doing it and that someone else should be, um, I guess, owing them something. So the world owes them something because, because, you know, why is it so hard for me and so easy for everyone else? That's the first thing. Like we need to get over that. Like social media is, is absolutely no barometer of anyone's success. But then the second thing is that people, people seem to be unwilling to be consistent. They seem to be super unwilling to, to have any kind of consistency in what they're doing because they seem to look at people who are doing well already and look at what's working for them right now and seem to think that they can just copy that or get there really, really quickly. I see so many people trying to do these little pivots and trying to change and tweak after, you know, what, two or three months of what they're doing without any data, without any info or insight as to why they're doing it, just because they've not seen what they perceive to be massive, massive results. Um, and that is, that is one of the single biggest factors is that people, people don't understand, like with my podcast, I've been doing it two years. Um, and you know, it's only the last seven or eight months that he's had any real traction. Wow. And it, yeah, it really That's encouraging. is. Encouraging. It, <laughs> it really is. And do you know what? The, the, the most traction he ever got was the day that I stopped. No word of a lie. I stopped on the 28th really? of March. Yep. 28th of March, and I put a big post out and did a big Facebook Live rant about why I'd stopped, and then suddenly it went crazy. Um, <laughs> and I, I came up with this new focus, which is series podcasting, and did all these tutorials. Basically, I rebranded Excellence Expected, which is my personal brand. Right. I did. Um, I, I reworked my blog. I re reworked my avatar, reworked my show, and repackaged the existing content and yeah, it's, it's, it's only since then that things have gone a little bit crazy. Um, and the, the reason for that is because I had the data. I knew what was like, I did 18 months of this and without anything working. And, you know, it was doing all right, but I wasn't happy with it. I knew I could do better. I mean, you know, it was the numbers were semi solid. The, 
the audience was steadily growing, the email list was steadily growing, the personal brand was steadily growing, but it felt like the the, the effort that I was putting into it was disproportionate to how fast it was growing. Um, and then I realized all I was doing was the same as everyone else. Hmm. And the minute I stopped doing that and I carved out this straight talking business, this straight talking niche, you know, the Northern guy from England, look at this guy. He doesn't take any crap. He says exactly how he is. Um, yeah. That, that's 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 when it started to get a little bit crazy and i would not have been able to do that without the data without the 18 months you know the 18 months people will look at that and say well why did you do it for 18 months don't you think don't you think there's a lot of pressure that people not it's not self just self-imposed but and as you said like seeing all this stuff people posting i made you know i made five hundred thousand dollars i made six figures on my first launch and all these things and 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 there's some self-imposed pressure i guess you could resist that pressure uh but like what you said the data um i'm looking i'm like michael now copying data (laughs) (laughs) and and but anyways having that data and and then the 18 months it's the time so you have some fact you have some truth but you're giving it time it's almost like a formula you know some facts the truth over time can give you growth. Oh, it's, it's the only thing. You need facts. You've got to base everything on data and customer insights. The only two things you need are customer insights and data. That's it. And that's, this is why I'm such a fan of the startup world. And, you know, the next the next season of, of Excellence Expected is a uh, straight-talking guide to launching your first product where we, we take someone from having nothing through to an MVP. You know, we don't go past that. We don't talk about scaling. We just talk about getting the basic version. And the two things that you need are people to talk to and ask people what they want. And, there are, you know, there are, there are right and wrong ways to do that. And then you need to devise tests that give you data back against that. So you can figure out what, you know, whether what like whether what they are saying is true, like would they actually pay for this thing that they say they would pay for? Um, so I think, you know, when you look at those people that are saying I did my first ever launch and it was six figures, I, I would I would never believe that. Never believe that. Because at that point, the only the only thing that that person is trying to do is sell that one particular thing. And the only way to make something look saleable is to make it look successful. You know, there's a reason we all want Teslas and iPhones because they're the best. Right. Um, so you've got to. It's marketing. It's just it's the way it is. Um, so I would I would always question that. I would always look at, you know, look at the Newton. I would look at the Lisa. I would look at the 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 um, the next computer that Steve Jobs sold back to Apple for the OS. You know, I, I would I would always look underneath the success first. Um, and I, you'd be very very surprised what you'll learn. That's, that's very good. And as I was saying, there's a lot of folks that I know that are, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the dual thing, you know, they're keeping their regular job and they're trying to step out on their own. They really want to, you know, create the life that they want to live. But I see them succumb to so much pressure as to, you know, whether it's in some sort of, um, you know, multi-level marketing type thing, uh, um, you know, or some sort of, you know, house flipping, like all the stuff that you see that's out there and there, I feel like there's such an intense pressure to perform and without a clear understanding of who they are and what they want. 
and and they they just bow to that pressure and they're told that you got to do this 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 and and you know and they're presented facts and data but it's nothing that is their own they have no facts and data so it's almost like they're trusting what somebody else is saying just by what they've you know this other individual has accomplished and they won't give themselves the time they just won't give themselves you know, just the peace of mind to just kind of chill out and let some things happen. Um, do you see people doing their work more out of, instead of it just being the desire to create the life they want, more out of just pressure or desperation? Or what are you seeing in folks? Like what's driving them? Well, I think there is the, there is the point that you just mentioned there, which is using other people's templates as a, as a framework for your own. Um, I, I believe that is also a, a relatively inherent problem with people. Um, guys like us, you know, who are big into personal growth and personal development, because there are, for me, there are one of two ways to, to think of, of, of any information that you receive as someone that is looking to develop themselves. So what I mean is, if you're reading books, you're reading The One Thing by Gary Keller, or you're reading um, Who Moved My Cheese, or The Alchemist, or you know, Hundred Dollar Startup, any of the any of the any of the famous books. There are two ways to interpret them. There are here's what I should do, or there is okay. There's a framework. Let me just test to see this, see whether this will work for me and for my audience and for my business and my personality. And too many people go go through the cycle of just trying to copy verbatim what they read and what they see and what they do. But the author's written that because it worked for them in their circumstances, back to this unique cocktail of what makes us us. That worked for that person. And of course, there are takeaways. Of course, there are actionable frameworks and, and things that we can very specifically do. But what we can't do is try and copy it entirely. You know, we have to use each one of these things that we consume as a piece to our own framework, as a piece of scaffolding that wraps around us that we can lean on when we're struggling in, in certain aspects. And if you, I, I believe if you treat things like that, if you treat personal development like that as building your own tool set, your own little arsenal, that's where the success comes from because you know the strategies and the tactics to lean on. But what you don't do is entirely rely on them. Um, you actually build your own systems out. So I think I do think that's a huge, huge issue for people, They're, especially people that are looking to start their first thing. They just look at a book and think, oh, sounds good. I'll just do what's in the book. And, you know, it just doesn't work like that. Right. I wish it did. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I like what you said. The key is it's a framework only. It's just a framework. What, what would you say if, if we were going to look at this as framework, say we're building a house and uh, what, what, what gets added to it? So obviously creativity, um, uh, certain types of relationships. What things would you say when, if you were going to advise someone who comes to you with an idea and they have this framework, what would you say to them next? What would you say you want them to do with that framework to really find out how to put it to test? They've got to understand, they've got to understand, every one of us has got to understand what we want to achieve. And we've got to be really honest with it. You know, if we live in this world where everyone says it's everyone's really altruistic and says they don't want to earn money. It's actually all about providing value. Of course it is. It is about providing value because that's the route to money. There's no point of lying and pretending. We're in business. We, we want to make money. If we weren't in business and we didn't want to make money, then we'd set up charities. It's yeah. plain. It's simple. So that's the first thing. Don't deny the fact that you want to earn money. 
And then don't deny yourself the opportunity to understand what that means, which is I have to sell things. And that's the biggest the biggest fear I, I see in people is that they're just worried about seen as a sales being seen as a salesperson, someone who is selling something to other people. Well, of course you are, and you can't do that straight away. You can't sell snake oil. You can't sell rubbish. You've got to sell good quality things to people that want it, and you've got to earn the right to sell that. You can't pop up on social media with a with, with a product and expect it to sell. You have to spend time earning that trust from the right people. If you do that, you you do have to sell, and that's that's such a big deal for people. They really don't get it. Like, and it's back to this imposter syndrome, where people don't believe that they're allowed to sell. Like, why would they? And this is back to me with the podcast coaching. Why why would why would these people want to buy this from me? I'm just a guy from Barnsley who lived in a little village called Darfield, whose dad's an electrician, granddad's a miner. You know, what what right have I got to teach people about this? Um. And you've got to get over that. You've really got to get over that. And, and, and I think if you can do that, you will accelerate your success. And then back to the sort of question around what, what elements do people need to add to this framework, to this structure? They need to add, for me, this understanding that you don't have to get it right first time. The framework's there for a reason. The structure's there for a reason. You know, if one pillar falls, you can rely on one of the other pillars. And you can you can test things. You can tweak things. You can go back on things. If you put a product out or a service and it doesn't work or you don't like doing it after two years, stop doing it. And, and I, I often think that people confuse the idea of what success is for them with the question, what do you want to do? Because success usually is some kind of freedom financial location familial whatever some kind of freedom where what do you want to do is a tangible vision of the physical tasks you want to be carrying out at any one time in your life and you, you can't possibly dictate that so i think you can understand that all this all these skills that you've got and all of these things that you can rely upon this framework the only thing you need to add to that is what do you want right now what are my goals right now and how does this play into the bigger vision? And I think if you can do that honestly, you stand a really good chance of doing pretty well. That is great. That is very great. Um, I mean, excellent, excellent advice. And uh, and I think that's something what I what I love is uh, I'm, I believe in coaching differently than most people do. Um, and I know it was, it's advice, but you're leaving it in the hands of who's listening to what you said. They've got to answer that question. You know, uh, most of our education consists, you know, of everything that we need to unlearn. <laughs> That's what I think, or the best <laughs> education. But also our education, like even here in the United States, it's mostly giving the kids are given, you know, answers to remember instead of problems to solve. Um and I, and I believe that that's missing in a lot of people. They, they want an answer. They want to outsource their thinking to everyone else. They want someone else to give them the answer. And I love your approach because you're basically saying to them, hey, here are things to consider, but it's your job to go inside yourself and figure this out. You've got to mastermind this, this ending that you want. Um, the uphill conversation is one of the things I like to tell people is your current condition does not match your emerging future and you can't go up, you know, and anything worth having is uphill, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits, um, with, with habits in mind. Um, what, what are some of the habits that you are trying to spend the rest of your life trying 
not to break instead of the habits that you would like to break. Tell me some habits that you are going to spend the rest of your life trying not to break. Do you know my, my, <laughs> the problem <laughs> I've generally got is I'm terrible with habits. Like legitimately I'm terrible with habits. Um, so I, I, <laughs> it's, this is so weird. I constantly try to build habits that encourage me to build habits. Honestly, I'm terrible with them. I, I am, I'm very much the kind of guy that will change my gym routine up. I'm not the guy that gets up at half past four in the morning and goes running for 330,000 miles and then comes back and eats a green shake. I'm just not that guy. <laughs> and then post it on Facebook. Stick it on Facebook. <laughs> that passive, oh, I'm so tired today. And it's, look, it's 4 a.m. Of course you're tired. It's 4 a.m. But the, um, like, I'm, I'm just not that guy. And, and you know, I, yeah, of course I get up early. I get up at whatever, five, half five. But I change my habits. I like to be free and I like to be flexible. But what I do do, the only one particular habit that I do keep is I make sure that the things that I'm doing have got a tangible, specific outcome. So you can mm. see if I do this thing, here's what will come out of it. And that's the one thing that I am so very, very keen on. Um, and I think you've got to have that. I think you've got to have that massive oversight and you've got to, um, you've got to, you really need to just provide a, um, I guess a true north for yourself when you're figuring out what tasks to carry out and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I mean, habits, I, I, I am so bad at them. Well, um, no, that's great. I love your answer. I mean, and that's one that would be, I mean, gosh, if you, if that's the only one you ever had and tried to spend the rest of your life, not breaking it, you know, a tangible specific outcome, that's, uh, that's great. The physical equivalent of what you're, you know, working on <laughs> that, that that's excellent. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever get there with the, the habits. I uh, honestly, <laughs> I do. I, li I like to mix my routine up. I'm a creative thinker that, you know, I'm not a very creative guy. I'm not a designer and so on and so forth, but I do think relatively creatively and it keeps, it does, it keeps it fresh. You know? Right. Keep get you, make sure you don't get into a rut and that's what, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you need to drive to work a different, different way. Think differently. That's, you know, you, what is it? Uh, I think it's Einstein that said, uh, you can't solve a problem with the same, le le same level of thinking that created it. Yes. So, exactly. uh, you know, you can't do that. Hey, let me ask you, how do you define excellence? You know, excellence expected. Um, but I, I, I'm curious, how do you define excellence? Um, personally, I think it's excellence for me is just a, a level of honesty and this ability to accept that you want what you want and this idea that you will do anything to achieve your version of, of that excellence. Um, and for me, success is something that you strive to. Excellence is something that you practice. And that is something that, that that I try and maintain. You know, like what kind of what's the best that I can possibly do in this scenario? And that's really tough sometimes. Don't get me wrong. That's not a <laughs> that is not an easy thing at all. Um, but if you can master it, then I think you can. I think you, you again. You set yourself this true north, this barometer of, of what's right and what's wrong. And that, I don't think there's anything more important than that. I think if you if you strive for success, then excellence should be the thing that you practice. Okay. Great. Um, there's a couple of questions that I have left and, uh, and there are some of my favorites. It's about, uh, one of them is momentum and momentum is very difficult to create. And, uh, and I do believe it's the responsibility of the individual to create momentum. Momentum will not come looking for you. Um, and if, if you agree with that, um, I'm wondering, um, what are some of the things that you do to jumpstart your momentum? Uh, number one. And number two, what 
do you do to make sure that you maintain or not allow that momentum to be disrupted? That's a really good question. Um, the the thing that I do to kickstart my momentum is probably the same thing that I do to maintain it, um, which is I, I always try and be very, very mindful of what's not working. Like what am I spending my time on that is simply not working and, and that is simply not bringing anything back or returning anything. Um, and whatever that might be, you know, some, it's, it's usually something pertaining towards um you know, leading me towards achieving a goal. Um, so what I always try and do is just make sure that I measure as much as I can in terms of these actions that I'm carrying out today and tomorrow and, you know, the way that my, my day is structured and my week and my life and my month is structured. Are these tasks actually going to generate something? Because the only way you can keep momentum up is by seeing results. It's like if you go to the gym, the minute that you jump up from lifting, I don't know, um, let's say you're benching 80, 90 kilograms and you jump up to 95 kilograms, you, you suddenly the month after, the week after, you, you're benching 100, and then 105, 110. You know, so you, you can start to see that momentum. Um, and I, I do believe that results will kickstart that momentum. So, you know, you've got to think, what am I spending my time on now that's not doing anything? That's just a pat on the back. That's just me telling myself that I'm doing really well. Um, and what can I do to change that? And what will the outcome be? And then do that again. That's how I keep, you know, that's how I maintain it. I've now done this. What's the next thing? And how can I keep adding weight to the bar, if you like? And I think that's the only thing personally that I, that I can do. Um, if I don't do that, I tend to just stagnate a little bit. Right. Then you end up in that downhill. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever had momentum like a full head of steam going in the wrong direction? And if so, what did you do to course correct that? Oh, I think you I think you so very often get that. I think you so very often get that. I think in any kind of business scenario, you're going to have that kind of wrong momentum where you, you, you believe that you are doing what is best for your customers or your members or your the people that you service. And it's on blind faith. You've not spoken to any one of them. And you build this thing or you create this thing and suddenly no one wants it. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've done that so many times. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the best people in – all walks of life, athletes, you know, if you think about so many of the Olympians that we saw this year at Rio were, you know, you'd hear the stories of how they started out as a cyclist and then they end up being a bloody show jumper or they ended up being a, a high jumper. And, you know, it's it, you do end up in the wrong direction, but what you, what, you, what you don't ever forget is what you've picked up. Number one, what you've picked up along the way. But number two, what going in that direction has opened up for you. You know, it's if, if, you, if you take a wrong turn on the way, I don't know, to, to a restaurant or, you know, to take your family out somewhere. Very often you find a nice little pub that you didn't understand was there or a nice little restaurant that you would never have discovered. You know, it's, it really is just about being mindful of, of where you are at that time and picking up what you can, it sounds so cliche, but what you can take away from it and learn from it and right. really not being afraid to move backwards, you know, and just stop and say, wait a second, let's just figure this out, you know. Right. Right. And it, it does, it's, it sucks to start over, but there, there's so much that you can learn, uh, you know, from every experience and it does make us who we are. Right. Oh yeah. And you never start over. No one ever starts over. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I cannot remember the last time I learned how to read. You know, like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> you never start. And that's a really extreme example, but I, you know, if I, if I was just completely 
forget all of my businesses today and just start completely from scratch. I'd still know how to build a website. I'd still know how to market. I'd still know how to build an audience. And that business would, would accelerate much quicker than my last one. Um, so you, you never you never have to start from scratch. Great. And what, what keeps you from quitting, Mark? Conversations like these, to be completely cheesy and honest, um, you know, <laughs> You know, everyone likes likes cash. There's anyone that says that they don't is is, is probably a liar, um, or they've got <laughs> enough of it. Um, so everyone likes cash. Everyone turns up to work and, and to earn a living. There's no point in being shy about that. But the thing that actually keeps you going, because at the end of the day, we can all get jobs. The thing that keeps me going is just these conversations. Genuinely, you know, when when I spoke to to Wally Carmichael last night on Men of Abundance, um, you know, and he said the same thing as you, Tim. You know, you podcast website has been a huge help um the team have, have been really communicative and upfront and really value-led and you know when you set those stalls out and you really really strive to achieve that every day even when you wake up and you feel like crap and you you, you feel rough and you've had a bad day or you've had a bad night or you've had an argument with someone you know in your home life or you, you know you've fallen out with your mum or your dad or your nephew smashed up your new flash comics you know whichever <laughs> he didn't do that but that would annoy me that didn't really but, happen uh, though did it <laughs> well um, was there a little but, bit of in that example did this <laughs> there might be something like that really happened no. <laughs> They're all real examples, but um, you know, when when you get to the point where you can, you still do do everything you can to be completely helpful and completely, you know, personable, and you achieve that goal. When when people tell you about that, that is that is that will get you through the next six months. One conversation will just fuel you for the next six months. I mean, that's that is so great because I want I want my audience. Uh, you know, to have other, um, influential voices. Um, and I, you know, I call it the, uh, it's my constellation of influence, you know, uh, you know, it's funny, you can look up in the sky, you know, to some people can see the big dipper and some can't, but mm -hmm. they can see another set of stars. Even if it's something that's not maybe recorded in a book, they see something. And, um, I just, this is one of my favorite things to do. It's, it's why I've made a shift. It's why, um, you know, I, I have no idea how this will continue to evolve for me in uphill conversations, but it's, 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 it's people like you. Um, and the same reason, you know, the conversation is something that I want to bring to people. I want them to know that there's a ride along partner, somebody taking the hill with them. Um, I'm not a cyclist. I bring this up in a lot of my episodes, <laughs> but you know, I admire them. And there's a reason those men in the Tour de France, they get that yellow Jersey for climbing that hill. You mm. know, there's a reason for that. And we need, we need voices to come alongside us, people to be real, people to say, Hey, you know what? I want the best for you. I want that success for you. I want you to live a life of significance. I want you to be able to create all these things, but I want you also to just to make sure that it's yours. Um, I want you to be the person that you were created to be. And I love how you made the, just the USP all about your flavor. Um, I, I told someone it's kind of like the Food Network. Uh, I think it was in my first episode. You know, the big, you know, I don't know if it's big in the UK or not, but the, you know, Food Network, everything's food, 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 food. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, and one of my imposter moments was, you know, hey, you know, who's going to listen to you? You know, why are they going to tune in or, or download or whatever? Um, and, and it goes back to what I said earlier that, you know, when I come into a room, I believe that. I am there for a reason and I'm what's missing and necessary for whatever's happening there. And I try to find my way to be a part of that, to be a part of what's going on. But like the food network, you know, say there's five guys and it's some kind of, you know, there's five different shows and they're all around 
barbecuing or cooking on a grill. Um, you know, we're all using, you know, ro roast or, or big Boston butt or, you know, chicken or ribs, whatever it is, but we all have our recipe, you know, and we all approach it differently. You know, at the end of the day, it's our flavor and it's our taste. And I do love what you're doing with that. I, I am, you know, I've learned a lot from you. Uh, I've watched you from a distance. I feel like I know you better now. Obviously, this is, you've been real. It, you, you know, it's not been hard to get you to, to, to talk. And I think that's what my audience, the people that I've already been connecting with, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for these real approachable people that aren't going to sit there and make them feel inadequate because, you know, they come to you with all of their successes and accomplishments, but they're coming with real information, actionable things for them to think about, discover for themselves, and then put to work. Um, and, and so I'm just saying you, you add value. I guess I said a lot of things. So I kind of did a, I did my squirrel in a little bit of rabbit, but, <laughs> uh, but, but you know, this is wonderful and your platform is amazing. And I love that you're this software and I know you're more than that, but I love how you said, you know, you're kind of this, you know, you have the software mind, you have this engineer mind. I love that, you know, you, you have that service background, the military background, I believe you said. And, but I love the fact that you're, there's no distance. Like, I don't feel a gap between you and where you are and where I am and where I want to go and where you want to go. And so I just want to say thank you so much for being that real. Oh, it's a pleasure. No, and thank you for, uh, for having the skill to bring it out and, and you know, and, and supporting, supporting, you know, the platform podcast websites as well. You, you were one of the earliest members and, and, and it's appreciated, you know, it is, it's noticed. Um, we know what's, what's, what's going on in the community. So no, I really appreciate that as well. It, it does mean a heck of a lot. Well, anything that I can do to continue to, to, to help, I will do it. And, um, will you tell, uh, tell the listeners where they can engage more of your, uh, content, more about you? Uh, and other other uh, possible things that you're about to launch or doing, or where, where would you lead them? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, Tim. So, um, I, I, because I've got the agency Hacksaw, um, if you were to Google Hacksaw Studio, you would find us. Um, podcast websites is, is the platform for podcasters. But my own brand, everything that, you know, and all of that stuff and everything else that I do, all the content that I put out there, I'm very specific in that I want to help early stage entrepreneurs, you know, first two years of business, or even, even pre-business, really. And just that first two years, uh, that's all at excellence-expected.com. Um, and I'm just launching uh, a podcast coaching session as well. This is going to be a, a three-month boot camp. So that's that's coming up. So you'll be able to see that on the website. So if you, if you are wanting to podcast, we've got the platform and we've got the uh, the coaching as well. Okay, that's excellent. And I'll definitely check that out because there's a lot of things, you know, I'm just trying to learn and get some framework. <laughs> <So> <laughs> definitely want some framework. But um well, this has been another episode of uh, uh, Uphill Conversations and with my guest, Mark Asquith, um, with uh, Excellence Expected. And always remember that you could be more, do more, and have more. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. But most importantly, I want you to know that people like myself and Mark will see you on the hill. Take care. Well, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Uphill Conversations, where you can be more, do more, and have more. And most importantly, we want you to know that we will see you on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you would like to hear more, 
subscribe to the show. Go to uphillconversations.co. Later on, Ski. Big shout out to Marcus Anderson for sharing music with us. I've got to move. And also, no worries. Find Marcus Anderson on Tidal, Spotify, and iTunes. Uphill Conversations is a POTAD production. POTAD, a partnership of thinking and doing.